Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Changing the Lost Vanity. Vanity is a first edition Chronicles of Darkness game set in southern Florida during the year 1993. Father Katrina, played by Tillman, Raymond, played by Chris, Isabel, played by Andrew, Frank, played by Slavic, and Adam as the storyteller as they uncover the mysteries of the true fae and forge new paths for themselves in a world of beauty and madness. Follow us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM for channel updates, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Alright, Isabel, I want to say it's around 8.30pm at your, at your house. Uh, you're in the bathroom doing your hair right now. You're, you're like dressed to go. Why don't you describe what you're what you're looking like right now? Oh, uh, okay. Um, I don't know. I I'm, I am not really up on women's fashion, <laughs> so especially in the '90s. So <laughs> yeah, excuse me that I don't immediately have a description. No, that's fine. That's fine. She's got the whatever the in look is at this yeah. time. I can't quite. Uh, so just imagine a really great time. outfit. That's what she's wearing right now. Her hair looks very nice. So yeah, you're just you're just like putting the final touches on your look. And you're just kind of like thinking about you certainly don't mind going places by yourself. You can meet people fairly easily. Being alone is never is never a problem that you have. You're such a such a beautiful woman that you have many admirers always. You always have. And you never have ever had to be lonely. You know, anytime you've ever desired any kind of companionship, any kind of company, any kind of, you know, somebody to, to come along with you, you've always been able to have it. Do you desire to, to have any sort of company, any sort of like companionship as you, as you go out tonight? Or oh, yeah, are you just going to try to, and you probably like, you probably have like a black book of just people you've, gone on a date with people you've hung out with people you've don't really you don't really know like insanely well but you you know but you could call on them for a date you could call on them to be your date at a, at a club or accompany you or, or whatever you've you've had so many interactions with so many people you've made so many like friendships so many acquaintances you you've you've had people be your arm candy you've been the arm candy for other people just doing whatever serves you best. If you are going to be like some rich guy's decoration, but it's also going to get you into like a really awesome place where you're going to have a great time, like that's probably something you would do and vice versa. Like you would have a, a very beautiful man or woman just simply accompany you to raise your standing, raise your appearance. And that's like not, nothing you really have any issues with. So I'm seeing a lot of denim and flannel and mini skirts. So put that together in your mind with this uh, gorgeous, uh, gorgeous Latina with that, yeah. uh, that classic '90s like poofy big hair, you know? Yeah. So we'll say she's uh, she's maybe it's someone that uh, she has. Uh, she has gone out with before you know it was one of those things like oh we had a good time but like she's not the i'm gonna i'm oh we're together kind of lady she's just like just looking to have fun so if she's looking to have fun she's gonna call somebody up okay we're going out and it's not a discussion they're going out yeah so you you and like these are you wouldn't you wouldn't have somebody in your address book if it was the type of person that would be delusional enough to think that this somehow would would indicate some sort of relationship. The people that are the type of people you would add in your book are, are people who who understand the deal. They're probably other club goers, other socialites, stuff like that. And you remember somebody that you had a pretty good time with one time. His name is Cliff Clifford or Cliff, like you call him. And he was just somebody that that you met at a nightclub, just just during one year nights. And he was this super handsome guy that, that you had drinks with and 
you know, you had a good time with and you guys exchange phone numbers and you've called him before you've partied with him. He knows that you're not going to be in like a relationship with him and he just enjoys the nightlife. So you go ahead and, and you call him and you just ask him if he, if he wants to meet you at the bliss and he's ha- he would, he's happy to accompany you there because it just looks good for him to just have this, this beautiful woman, you know, as his date to this club. Like if anything, if this doesn't help, if this itself isn't going to be like a a hookup for him, he could, he could find somebody else just based on who the company he's keeping, just based on like being there with this beautiful woman, maybe other people would notice him. And so it's, it doesn't even matter whether or not, he's going to to get anywhere with you tonight it's just simply a matter of just like it would look We're good for me a good time yeah it's going to be a good time and it would look good for me to be with you and because of that like yes and so yeah you you shoot him a call and he agrees he's going to just go to the club at that time and and kind of meet you there at the bar or whatever very casual about it the way that you remember cliff looking from last time he's this like he's just like kind of like muscly gym guy who lives in, you know, Northern Miami, very close to Fort Lauderdale. And he's sort of just like the, the very vain, self-centered, only cares about his body type of thing. He's the kind of guy who looks at himself in the mirror and just gets like ultimate satisfaction about it. Um, he's probably okay. one of the most vain individuals you ever met. And you, you like have honestly thought before, like, this guy would be like the perfect changeling. It's just like, it's so funny that he, he fits into this sort of society so well without even realizing he's even mingling with it or even having any knowledge or awareness of it. But yeah, he, he was excited because he heard that the bliss is, is the, is the new spot. It's, it's what's hot right now. And you get into your car or we'll say when you're ready to leave, you, you, you've made plans to just meet him there. Um, not to, go together but to just show up and just meet him there okay um so are you gonna leave now yeah you know as soon as she's ready she yeah so you called him earlier you know like hey you know we'll meet up at you know nine or whatever and uh give herself enough time to get there dressed up get into her her firebird yeah and so you you go out the front door you get into your car and you start driving down to the La- Las Olas to uh, make it to the the nightlife district of Fort Lauderdale, pretty much. And once you get to that block that the club is on, and you you find some lucky street parking where you can just kind of walk down the street to the club, and then you get out of the car, you immediately hear this this whistle from a passing car as you step onto the sidewalk, and you kind of are are just walking down the street. How does that make Isabel feel? Isabel is, she is very much the type of person who thrives off of the praise of others. So while that might be something that a lot of other women would find like intimidating or uh, even frightening her, it's like, oh, you know, they're noticing me and that means I'm doing what I want right. You know, she's getting attention because she wants that attention. It's it's to fill this like void that she has inside of her where she just she's just trying to compensate for this pain that she's always in. So for her, you know, getting that that attention from other people is something that uh, just helps her just be distracted from all of that. And so you feel this this validation as as you as you hear this this whistling from this this speeding car and it almost just in your head it, it clicks for you just like okay i did it right like if i'm just getting this type of reaction like then what i was trying to accomplish was absolutely successful and it's almost like you're able to just like read this desire from that whistle and you feel the the hairs on the back of your neck stand up a little bit as the weird almost almost pulls that in almost 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 drinks that and in in spits glamour back at you it, it wasn't quite strong enough of a of an emotional reaction that you're actually able to harvest anything from it but you feel that sort of that sort of inclination 
you feel like you could have if, if you just had a little bit more interaction with that person. And so for you, it's it's like all these signs are just kind of are just kind of like all these stars are just kind of aligning for you as you walk up the street to the club. It's like you you have validation that the way that you look right now is totally totally desirable. Like you are just like this object of desire that is just walking down the street, just just glowing and just cars are, are look you know what I mean? Like this this person in this car is just just whistling to yeah and it's just like to you it's just like all these signs that are just like yes i think it's interesting that you bring up the 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 weird and glamour and all that it just kind of uh plays into the whole idea that um you know it's this void she's filling with the glamour you know this 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 hole that she has inside of her is the thing that all changelings have they all have like something piece of them or parts of them just shredded torn away from them and they're just trying to compensate for that and her her way is is it's a very selfish vain kind of way of doing things but it's something that is almost therapeutic because she gets this immediate satisfaction she gets something tangible from it absolutely and in a way, it it is vain, but you you know that you you owe it to yourself to feel this way. You know, you owe it to yourself to feel to feel this sort of good about yourself. So yeah, you walk into the club. It's exactly how you remembered it. It's exactly how you remembered it last time, um, with the blue lights and the and the the blue drinks and that outfit that all the servers seem to have and that. Latin house music that is just playing so loud that it rumbles in your stomach. And you see that that first floor bar with the the countertop that looks like it's made out of ice. And you see those blue tiles underneath all the dancing people that are kind of flashing in commotion with the music. And you go ahead and you have a seat at the bar. You realize that like Clifford isn't there yet, but he probably will be there soon. It's it's not like he would have stood you up or anything like that. I mean if anything, he needs you more than you need him. Yeah. And so you're you're just waiting for a few minutes, totally calmly. A bartender. Maybe she orders like a drink. Um, you know, not not uh, not to just sit at the bar like with nothing. You know, just. Yeah. You don't want to look like you're waiting for somebody. Yeah. You know. Of course not. And so you get your drink, and you're just kind of, kind of sipping on it, just observing. Just observing the nightlife, observing the people dancing. You look up to this this balcony area of the second floor, the area where the the last time you were here, you had kind of you had kind of you know made some small talk with the different changelings of the freehold, and you you saw like the summer court table and all these other tables kind of it's kind of designated for different parts of the freehold and stuff like that. And now it's all mortals. And looking through the crowd, you see you see a changeling face. You just see one person you you know, and it's it's Allison, the the leader of the of the Spring Court. She's far too busy to notice you at the moment. It looks like she's she's trying to make a phone call on the cell phone while also trying to communicate things to the servers. Uh, she looks very not like frustrated, just like frazzled by the by the 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 stress of this place, you know, just, just being a, a busy, busy nightclub in a, in a popular party area. And it's just something you notice, you know, you just see her up there. Cannot really, it's not <laughs> stressful at all. It is fun. It is awesome. It is a great time. Yeah. And you wonder, yeah. How is this like work for her? Like this is, she's a spring, you know, she's, this is supposed to be her thing, but you can just see, you can see that she's not enjoying herself, so to speak. Like she's just kind of, working right now and as you're looking at her you just hear this voice um from next to you just like hey i hope you weren't i hope you weren't waiting too long and you turn and you see cliff he's this big dude he's um he's close to six feet tall very very muscly guy he's wearing this blazer with like a a tight white t-shirt underneath it and you don't approve of that like you 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 don't approve of his outfit but you're just like "Ugh, okay okay and you like lean <laughs> forward and you give him like a kiss on the cheek. Um, yeah, he's he's like he's a Caucasian guy, very clear skin, very 
handsome face. He could be an, a, a model if he wanted to. He could be a male model or some sort of like a fitness guy or, or something like that. His haircut is this, it's almost like a, a, a longer bowl cut type of thing. Um, it looks very stylized very and like 90s. very, yeah, very 90s haircut. Nowadays, it would look very out of place, but it looks totally regular. He leans in and he kisses you on the cheek and he takes his his, um, his blazer off and just sets it on the seat behind him and signals the bartender for a drink. And, you know, you guys are kind of shooting the shit and, and chatting and stuff like that. And he's leaning on the on the bar with like a like twirling the, the toothpick in his drink that has the, the olives, you know, on the end of it. And he's just kind of like, just like flirting with you a little bit, mostly just enjoying your company. And then you guys, you know, head to the dance floor to, to start dancing. You guys are both very attractive people and certainly you weren't going to come here and not dance. And he didn't absolutely not dance. So yeah. So, you know, he, he motions for you to follow him out into the dance floor and you guys begin dancing. Other people look at you, look at the two of you because you guys are both almost these godlike representations of just like perfect male and perfect female. And you guys are kind of just like, you're just like, yeah, what are you trying to roll right now? So I've got striking looks. Mm -hmm. I've got presence. I've got socialize. Can I do those things? Yeah. Can I, can I just like be awesome? Yeah, absolutely. Roll presence and uh, socialize. And then what does striking looks do? Give you a, a bonus, bonus for those? Nice. Yeah, it's just yeah, so with the bonus. Holy shit. <laughs> I have five successes. You become like the focus of the room. Like it's just like it's almost just become like you two are just like like people have stopped dancing to just watch you two dance. It's just like it's you guys are just so in sync and you guys are just so like you're conveying this sort of passion when you dance and stuff like that, that it's just like, it's just mesmerizing to other people. And it's just Which like is exactly how she likes it. She likes yeah. this whole, like everyone's focused on her and adoring her. You should regain a uh, point of willpower for just like acting your, your vice because by doing this, you've, gained so much of this like male attention that is causing the pe- the females that these guys are with to just like they're to envious. just like yeah they're just like you know like guys are getting slapped because you're just like you're just Talking. stealing the show you know and it's like just there's just so much like desire over you that like fills the air and yeah you like you get a you get a point of your willpower back and you also feel this 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 feeling, the weird in the back of your neck, it's just saying that there's so much of this here. You can just take it if you want it. It's just so much glamour here. This is yours for the taking. Are you going to try to harvest any of this, any of this desire that people are feeling for you? I don't. I don't think I can right now. No. Okay. I think I'm. I'm capped up. Okay. Perfect. But the fact that it's. The fact that that is a thing that she could do, the fact that she is in this kind of setting where she feels like this power over all these other people just by, you know, them being mesmerized by her, um, that gives her, you know, this personal like kind of satisfaction that like, it's like, it's like centralizing. You and know? it's like, it, yeah, absolutely. And you can just sort of feel the glamour is just like thick in the air right now. It's like, it's almost like this, this palpable thing that you can just like like feel like a heat and it's just like after the the song ends and and you know it fades into the the next song or whatever the dj you know starts it starts the next track and things kind of quiet down you see people like people like patting the both of you on the on the shoulder just like well done like that was like amazing to to see you guys dance like that it's just like people were so captivated like they just received a show you know what i mean mm-hmm She's and, just reveling in it. Yeah, and you're just you're just totally just eating this up because it's exactly what you needed. It's like the perfect pick me up. It's better than you could have imagined just getting it this strong. Like this is your drug. This is like this is what you this is what you live for, you know? And as you as you sort of like take a look around the room and, and glance at all your admirers, you see this this familiar face on the other side of the bar. And he's just wiping down the bar counter. 
it's Kyle. It's the gentleman you met here and, and spent a night with and even met for a second date before you, you blew him off. And you could sense that you had hurt his feelings, but you also knew that he was becoming too infatuated with you. You know, you worked the magic a little too strong on him. So you had to cut your ties because you can't have somebody like that hanging around. You've probably, you've probably had stalkers before. You've probably had people who've admired you so much that it's crossed the line and been completely undesirable. I mean, and part of the thing with him is that, like, he he doesn't have the qualities that she seeks out in other people to surround right. himself with. He's and not so, self-confident. He's no. not a smooth talker. He He kind of embarrassed himself when he tried to fight for your honor. He just doesn't have any of those qualities, you know? And it wasn't going to work out for him. But he was a nice guy. And part he's of nice, but he's not bad, type. But... And you just see him just staring at you, just like, just upset. And he just shakes his head and just looks down, back down at the bar. So is there like a moment where there's like eye contact? Yes. Like you, you notice him noticing you. And I mean, he's probably been noticing you for a while. But this is the first time you've seen him tonight. And you guys just both lock eyes for a second. You probably wouldn't want to for too long because it's a little awkward. Yeah. Um, she would probably just like whenever that there's that moment of like eye contact and like, oh, you. OK. And then after that, that brief awkwardness of meeting his eyes, just kind of look away and just, like, OK, whatever. Just go about her business like as if she doesn't even recognize him. Like she's just kind of like, hmm, whatever, just some guy. Yeah, like you, you turn away. Like you're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna let this, you're not gonna like guilt over this, this fucking guy just, just ruin your night, especially a night like this. You feel like you're, you're making up for the last time you were at this place where, you just weren't able to let yourself go. It's like you were here on business, and so yeah, he, you know, you turn away from him. You don't even know if he's still looking at you, but you just, you're not gonna focus on him. Oh no, he totally is. Yeah, she knows he, he is, is too, he is. and she doesn't care. And Cliff kind of notices that you two just like exchange this eye contact. He he just looks at you and he's just like, "Ooh, former lover, should I be jealous?" It was temporary. Ah, okay. And he, he doesn't he doesn't give a shit at all. He just he's just trying to tease you at this point, you know. He's not like you. He doesn't get it. Come, get me a drink. Yeah. Okay, okay. And you just see him, he calls the, the bartender over and he just uh he points down at you and he's just like another one for her. Well he's still looking over here. Uh <laughs> you must have really uh left an impression on the guy. Hey, you usually don't date like uh like uh, uh wet noodle type dudes like him. It's kinda kinda seems out of place. What, what were you feeling sorry for him or something? Well, he's a surprisingly good dancer. Oh really? Well not better than me, I mean no. Okay. And you just, yeah, you see, Cliff is so full of himself. He's She'll just uh, so... kind of glance over at this, the, at him, you know, and as she's like putting like her hand on his forearm, you know, and seeing if this, this other guy is noticing at all that like she's over having this intimate conversation. Yeah. And you just see, he's just like staring at you as you do this and he's pouring a beer and he's not watching what he's doing and it just starts pouring he just overfills the cup and it's just like coming out everywhere and it's making this huge mess and he just like snaps back to what he's doing and it's just like fuck fuck and he starts cleaning it up. She'll kind of smile to herself and um, look up at uh, Cliff and uh, say to him, look, you want to make him jealous? I think I actually would like to, yeah. And then so she would like lean closer to him, get right up in his space and just start making out with him just to see if like, you know, she can get a rise out of this other guy. She's going to do this and like be all into it. You know, like she's putting on this act and then it's not even really like, you know, something she really cares about, you know, to her, it's like, eh, whatever she's, it's whatever. But you know, she's trying to get a rise out of this other person. And while you guys are making out, your eyes are, are closed, and you just hear this voice coming from the other side of the bar. It's Kyle. He's just standing right in front of you two, and he's just like, you got a lot of fucking nerve, Isabel. What, did you just come here to just, just rub this shit in my face? 
you know, I'm trying to fucking work right now. And you see Cliff, he, he separates from you for a second. And he's just like, you better watch it, buddy. Look, I don't care like, if you're at work. I'll, I'll, what did you, did you just come here to just, just rub this all in you, you with this, this other guy now, this, this, this fucking jock. And you just come to my, the place where I'm working just to, just to bother me. The hell is your problem? It's not all about you. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not it's not. I know, especially with you. It 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 never is about anybody else. It's it's completely about you. And you see Cliff, he's starting to stand up. He looks at you and then looks back at him like you like should I? Like it's not worth it. Let's go. <laughs> Looks like you lucked out, buddy. And he just kind of like flicks the toothpick from his drink at the guy. And then Kyle goes to like Kyle goes to like reach across the bar and grab him. And then you just see like an, another server who's kind of just like watching all this, just like pulls Kyle back. And he's just like, Kyle, 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 stop, Kyle, stop. And you just see Kyle's just staring at you. Just like he has this crushed look on his face. Just this, this hurt look of just like, why would you do this to me? Like, and it's like, you're not sure if you realized before the extent of, of, you know, his, his feelings for you. Like he just he just made an ass out of himself again, just out of just out of like out of love for you, you know, not out of love, but like out of out of desire for you, you know. Mm-hmm. He's always just making himself look like an ass because he just can't keep it in check when he's around you, you know. And if if she wasn't full up on glamour, that's one of those things. That's that's what Isabel is really about: is just making people just full of just rage she uses these talents to just twist people into just ridiculous outbursts and you definitely feel the feel the heaviness in the air as his just just bloodlust against fucking cliff for for making out with you in front of him he just he he just wants to kill this guy. He just wants to jump across the bar and just just kill the both of you, if you if he was that kind of person. But but he can't. He can't. But you feel it in the air. You feel it. It's just ripe for the taking if you want it. And it's just it's just dangling. And it's like almost that alone is is enough for you. It's it's validation. It's it's confirmation that that you got it. And it feels really good. It feels really good to you. Like like a drug it's intoxicating i think with that uh she'll try to lead cliff away and just be like let's let's get out of here find somewhere else to go you you uh take cliff's arm and you guys both kind of go go to leave and he's he's laughing like he 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 thought that entire encounter was was really funny and as you guys are are exiting the club he's just like so is this why you brought me here and make your old boyfriend jealous or yeah are you mad no, not at all. Not at all. Thanks. Uh, Maybe he'll let, he'll he'll uh, leave me alone now. Cool. All right. Yeah. So like you guys, you guys are just like going back to your car for right now. And there, I want to cut to um, to Raymond. I'm gonna go to the hedge for uh, for this next scene here. So Raymond, you just set fire to a to a tent. You were just looking around at this little encampment that you kind of came across, and instead of finding comfort and shelter in something that is somewhat normal and, and human, like a campfire and a tent, you investigated a little bit and you found objects, you found tools, you found body parts, you found things that somebody somebody would be using to make a fetch. Somebody would be using to construct life that is that is not actual life. And you burnt it down. You took a you, you know you you took the something, you took like a torch or something, burned it in the campfire, and you burnt the tent, and you kept walking. And so you're walking through the hedge with this axe, and you feel different now. You you no longer feel like the prey. You no longer feel like 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 you're the target. You feel like like you have more power within you than than you were than you were letting yourself believe. And as you kind of are like walking through the brush now with this, this sense of almost like gusto as you are kind of making your way through confidently, pushing these branches aside, 
ready to face whatever you're going to face, ready to die if that's what's going to happen. But you're just going. How do you feel right now? Uh, I feel like Raymond right now doesn't feel constrained anymore. You know, like Raymond kind of like we've said before, like Raymond was pretty suicidal. And this is him like kind of realizing that that he 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 he's accepted that he's probably not going to come back from here. But he's like going to do as much damage as he can before. Because unlike last time where he lost his way and was kidnapped, he 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 wasn't aware of what was going to happen. He wasn't aware of any of this. So now he almost feels like, OK, well, I'm here. And I'm going to do whatever I can until they stop me, you know, and he doesn't have any like um, delusions of grandeur. Like he's going to like stop every true fae, but he's at least if he comes across shit like he came across like that hut, that tent, he's going to burn it down or he's going to, you know, he's not, he's not, uh, I don't want, I want to like, he's like not scared anymore. And he feels also now that he's, he's not like, um, chained down by these expectations of like what was happening on the other side you know where like now he can follow his instincts he can follow what he feels needs to get done and he doesn't have to worry about repercussions of any source if that makes sense you're feeling pretty good about about having just done this yeah he feels good but he also feels like um he feels like his sanity is slipping a little bit and that's why his ego is feeling that way even more does that make sense you know like he feels like he's losing his um inhibitions in a way you know what i mean and like now he can act on that side of him that he was kind of like that anger and that frustration and that that came from being a victim that he's had to ball up and kind of hide with the facade or whatever now he's feeling like 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 all the barriers on that are kind of crumbling down and he's welcoming it in a way is there like a part of you that feels like you could have even done maybe just a little bit more to to serve some kind of justice to these sorts like you burned the tent and that was good that was that felt great but now as you're walking through the hedge with this axe this thought crosses your mind that maybe you could go back maybe you could wait for that thing to return maybe you could get the jump on it and maybe your your animal instincts could just take over maybe if you did this here you could do it somewhere else too maybe Maybe there's more that can be done. I mean, after I mean, all, there's like this thought crossing your head, like, well, after all, like I, I can't just let him set up shop somewhere else over here. And it's almost like, it's almost like this. You're like drunk with this confidence right now of just having done what you just did, you know. And you just feel like I am the law. <laughs> like, like what I decide is what will be. And it's almost like mystical in a sense to just feel like that. And that axe definitely is empowering too. You know what I mean? Like having that axe, I definitely am starting to feel a connection with that axe and with what it could possibly be capable of doing. Like I said, Raymond's probably losing his mind at this moment. You know, and he's not like full psychotic, but he's definitely riding very close, if not already kind of crossed it over. But um, and I think like there, I think there has to come uh, a little bit of insanity to accept the fact that you're fucked and be okay with it, you know, and that you're going to like do what you can. Just like, I'm sure there's, there's a sense of insanity with like kamikaze pilots, you know, and all that shit, you know what I mean? Just like to like cross that line and make that leap. So yeah, definitely. Like if that thought crosses my mind, which I didn't think of back then, like he could sit there and wait and see what, you know what I mean? Comes back to it. Um, yeah. He, I, I want to turn around because like I said, I'm starting to feel connected to this ax a little bit, even more, you know, like feeling like, like the wood of it in my hand of the handle, you know what I mean? And just like maybe it dragging along the path or I'm sure I'm lifting it up to be more stealthy or whatever, grab it up. But definitely like, I feel like I'm taking control now back a little bit and, and um, I'm ready to do this. I'm, I'm going to go back there and I'm going to like kind of hide in the shadows and see if anything comes back. And as you decide that this is what you want to do, this ax just feels great in your hands. It just, I mean, looking at it, it's, it's nothing special. It's a, it's just a simple tool. It's just an axe made for cutting wood. But as you hold it in your hands and you, you know, you look at this and it just feels so right to just, just have this with you. It's like, this is a tool. It's absolutely a tool. This could be a tool for so many things. This could be a, a tool for you to deliver justice. This could be a tool for you to stop what needs to be stopped or to just 
just put an end to one bad thing, you know? And it's just, it just makes so much sense in your hands as you carry this down the path. And you, you come to this realization that you're in the gates of hell right now, because surely what lies beneath on the other side is hell. If ever a thing was to be real or to exist, surely that's it. You've seen it. So where you are right now, this is the gateway to hell. Yeah. And and this time I'm going kicking and screaming. I'm not going to go and get fucking raped and tortured for as long as I did last time. Like this time, like I'm definitely going to leave a mark. If not, you know, die going down, trying like he's just tired of being the victim. And in in this in the hedge, what he's been preaching to people on the other side, he gets to do, you know what I mean? Like gets to react and fight back, you know? So, um, yeah, definitely. All right. And so so you turn around, you you just get this this sense, you know, and it's like this surge of just like confidence and just correctness of just of just knowing what needs to be done. And you just turn around and you're just walking. Katrina, you've just been dropped off by the child version of yourself. You wish that that this illusion or whatever it was had stuck around for just a little bit longer to just really show you the path. But as promised, you are where you asked to be. You're in this dark swamp with vines and, and bramble and you know the, the sound of, of frogs and the sound of crickets. No stars in the sky, just, just solitude except for the sounds of nature. And you start to just walk forwards because you see no clear paths ahead of you, behind you, anywhere. And it's just, it just seems like there's no right way to go. So just any way is a way to go. And you just are going ahead of yourself. You're just pushing branches to the side as you, as you try to make your way through to see any kind of thing, any kind of, any kind of trail marker, any, any sort of thing that would just give you something to, something to focus on, some sort of destination out of all this as you stand right now it's like you can only see about like 20 feet ahead of you and then what is beyond that 20 feet is just a complete mystery it's it's different than just regular darkness where you can anticipate certain things ahead of you it's just dense dense swamp what are you feeling as you are moving through this this wild place with with this uncertainty of of what what you're going to find. Katrina feels cheated. A uh, uh, deal was for her to uh, meet Raymond. Um, now she's stuck like in the middle of nowhere with no clear path to him, with no signs of him even. And yeah, she uh, kind of regrets what she has uh, done. But now it's like, um, like she's stubborn a little bit just trying to move forwards, like either she gets out here or uh, maybe she finds Raymond. You feel like this thing that you encountered that you literally gave a part of yourself to, it's like you gave it a part of your soul, a part of your happiness, did not deliver on its end of the bargain because you were told that you would be brought to Raymond and instead you just find yourself in this, just another random part of the hedge. And you worry now, like, did I really make a deal to find myself stuck here? Is this really what's going to happen? Are, is this even allowed? Are they allowed to break their word like that? Is that even possible? And as you, as you push forward in frustration, you see something in the distance. And it's, it's just the, the, the faint remnants of some light, of some fire, just peeking through the, the swamp and through the brushes. And for a second, it's startling to you. But then as you look behind and you just see the complete blackness behind you and the complete blackness around you, it just seems like a sign. Like it's just, this is where you're supposed to go. Yeah, she's going to approach carefully. Um, How big is the fire from my point of view? So from where you're at right now, you can just see this sort of glowing like 50 feet away from you. And you get the impression that it's fire because of the, the movement and you know the way that it sort of flickers and glows. But you can't 
necessarily see it yet. You just see the light from it uh, through through like like a shrubbery and 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 flora and branches and swamp and and that entire landscape. And you just see this this burning in the distance. Yeah, I think uh, Katrina is definitely afraid that the hedge is burning down around her, but she's gonna approach and like check out whether it is a forest fire or a campfire. We'll say you walk for another five minutes or so until you can clearly, clearly make out, you know, what's going on behind these branches here. And you see the, the roar of two flames. One is a bonfire that is kind of just lit in the middle of this clearing. It's, it's a part of the hedge that looks like somebody had cut down all of the all the, the brush and, and stuff like that around it. So they would just have like a flat area to make a campsite, basically. It's it's not very elaborate. It's a, a fire and it's a uh, what you see as a tent, which is completely engulfed in flames. It's hardly a tent anymore. It's the it's the foundation of a tent with the you know the the covering on top just completely immolated. And it's this burning campsite that's just relatively completely empty, you know? There's the bonfire in the middle. There's this tent, which is burning with whatever belongings are, in, are inside burning. And no movement, no extra sounds, no uh, extra, you know, no activity or anything like that. And you just kind of stare at it for a while. And the fire's almost calling to you, the bonfire. It's almost, you know, like like... It's almost like talking to you in a way. It's like, it's like, come sit by me. Come, come receive this comfort. You know, it's it's almost like it's it's like a mirage in a in a desert. It's like the total comfort in a place that is just so unhospitable. Uh, Katrina's gonna approach, but she's not gonna sit down. Like she's not in the mood for like sitting down. But she's gonna stand there, like. Um... You go to to step out of the out of the bushes to you know sit by this fire, and then you see something that makes you just 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 get back. You know you just stop and you just get back and you're silent, because you see this shape moving in the distance behind the tent. It's like he's just trying to grab things out of this fire and just just throw them to the side and try to salvage what he can. You can't make out any distinctive features. It's just a shape. But it's so startling to you to just see another person here. It's what you would imagine would be like seeing a, a person in your in your own house or something. It's just like a, a oh no, this shouldn't be, you know? Like that's a that's something that's not supposed to be there. And you you just push back, you know, and you're just silent and you're amazed at how how able you are to just like just not make a sound in these bushes right now. And this, this figure walks a little bit closer to the fire, and you're able to see it. It looks like a human male. The clothing he wears are a relic of a, of a time long, long forgotten. He has these, these black um, slack pants on. He's barefoot. He has this uh, white buttoned, um, I guess it's a shirt. Might you know it's it's almost like a like a tunic or something because it's like the it's fluffy uh, it's like a it has frills on the front of it and it's tucked into these black um, trousers with a with a, a belt and a buckle and you see it's buttoned all the way up to the top uh, you see this this wiry long black hair that goes to about here and is uh, cut in a very very severe straight style. And he wears this black, flat-brimmed hat, and it's almost like puritanical the way that he works, uh, the way that he looks. It's almost like he's like this, this pilgrim or this this relic from from another time, you know. And he he peeks out into the bushes for a second to to see if he if, did I hear something. And he, he's just looking, and you see him. He, he looks somewhat intrigued. And then he just, you know, he turns back away and he, he goes back to the fire and starts trying to pull more stuff out of it. The stuff that he's grabbing looks to be mostly like just random objects, random tools that are kind of like smoldering. And he's trying to trying to put out the flames with this uh, by 
waving this blanket on them like a uh, just like this very worn like wool blanket. He's just trying to like pat the flames out and just trying to salvage whatever he can. And it is very like there's like this level of calmness that he that he has as he does this. And it's just like he's systematically just going in and trying to grab stuff and and set it to the side. He remains calm by doing that. He remains very calm, even though okay. his stuff is on fire. It's very unsettling to you to just see this yeah. man slowly pulling things out of the fire and, and just placing them on the ground near the bonfire. Uh, Katrina's definitely scared like of the way he behaves. Like he isn't swearing, he isn't throwing shit about and trying to salvage as much as he can. He's just like walking like a robot. And whenever he steps, like, whenever he steps back towards the, the bonfire and the, the glow of this fire just illuminates him, you're able to just see this, this face, this worn face, completely human. It, it doesn't have any of the, any of the features that, that um, people of your kind would have, you know? None of the, the strangeness, none of the oddities that, that changelings possess. He looks like a man. He looks like a sad man and a worn man and a, a man that is not of, of our modern times, but he doesn't appear to be a fae or a changeling or a goblin or anything like that. But there's something very cold when you're looking at him, something very sinister in his stare when you just see him stand by the bonfire with his hand on his hips just staring down at a stump, just looking, not moving, not saying anything, just staring at the stump. Like there's something missing there. There's something he wants, but it's not there. And he just turns around with his hands still on his hips and just looks out into the, into the woods. And can you give me yes. a, give me stealth and... Dex? Okay. Give me a dex in stealth roll. Okay. So, I don't have stealth, so that's minus one. I fail. This man is standing with his hands on his hips, and he's kind of just looking around now. He's trying to find something. And as he gets closer to where, where you're hiding in the bushes, almost the opposite side. So, like, let's say there's the tent, there's the bonfire, and then there's the bushes where you are. So, like, you're in this bushes. Uh, closest mm -hmm. to you would be, like, this bonfire. And then even farther past that is the tent. So, like, you're on the farthest end of this tent right now. And as soon as he walks back to the other side of the bonfire, close to the bushes where you are, you start to feel your heart just beating through your chest. Because he's looking for something. He's trying to find something. And this cold calmness that he has is not comforting it's alien it's weird it's it's potentially dangerous like you do not want to to make yourself you know make yourself heard and you start to feel this anxiety as as he's walking like a little bit closer to where you're hiding and he's just looking out and for a second you he's just staring into the bushes exactly where you are and you're just thinking to yourself Oh my god, he sees me right now. He's just looking at me right now. He's just staring right at me. And it's like your heart is just boom, 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 just bumping out of your chest. And he goes to turn back away, and this branch just cracks underneath your hand, and it just makes this sound. And he just turns, and his eyes just lock on you. And now he's seen you. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love.
We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please, help. They're coming. The Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. The Central District is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. Why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? Neon Masquerade The Demon's Mirror Thirteen Candles Three Chronicles Running Through the Undead Veins of the City of Angels The Esoteric Order of Roleplayers Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the Duets tag to find out more. <laughs> <laughs> 